0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The killing of two lovers follows David, who is desperately trying to keep his family of six together during the separation from his wife, Nikki. They both agree to see other people, but David struggles to grapple with his wife's new relationship. The film is called The Killing of Two Lovers and we're joined today by the writer and as well as the director, and that would be Robert Machoyan. Robert, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having
0: me. Thank you. In addition to being the thriller, kind of a, a very, and a very serious drama, there's this, you built into this film these layers of expectations, drama, dread. There's just a lot going on. But one of the things I think is, in addition to all of those things, the strengths of this film is this very realistic portrayal of two people struggling to hold a marriage together. What inspired this?
1: Yeah, uh, it was inspired by not my direct marriage, but by the fact that I had been married for such a long period of time we were i think 18 or 19 years into our marriage when i started writing this and then having friends of ours who had children we the, the three younger children are actually mine and then i i have two two older than that and the oldest being harper my daughter who jess plays or a- avery plays as jess and so i was interested in the in the larger family unit because when you go through marital issues in a larger family like your children are the third party you know like a marriage just isn't two and oftentimes it's thought of as two but it's really the second you have children there's there's a third variable there um and a a third participant so i really wanted to explore what happens with these these three kind of parties as they work through this thing and so that kind of inspired the catalyst and then of course just thinking about how to how to allow your partner to grow because you love them, but the fear of losing them as a result of that growth—that's what inspired writing. And then, of course, you're making a movie, so you add the add a little more drama. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is an understatement in regard to this film. You have worked with Clayne Crawford in the past, I believe.
1: We had never made a we had never made a film together. We had been trying to get some films made. Okay, um, and just were very unsuccessful at it um because of uh, variable reasons you know type of content i i have yet to put them in tights and give them superpowers so that may have been a default <laughs> we should have considered um but no we, we had really been wanting to figure out how to tell these very kind of nuanced stories and and finally he, we were both kind of we kept making films you know i would, I would get a short in the sentence and be like okay i'm 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 progressing in this way i'm trying to build trust with the studios and he would land like he landed Rectify, for example. And he's like, OK, I'm starting to get more kind of known as an actor and maybe we'll arrive at joining forces. <laughs> and and the answer was like, no, the progress we had made was not making the studios more excited. Um, and then because of kind of uh, him landing Lethal Weapon and that allowing him to have a, obviously a little more financial freedom, he was like, "I he had had enough and was like, I'll just finance it. Um, I've got, you know, this m- amount of money that that his uh, wife Kiki was okay putting into a production, and said, "I'll put it in." And what resources could you bring? And I was like, "I could get access to this town, and I I can pull a crew together, and we'll make this thing." So that this is like a culmination of years of trying to work together, and then finally being able to.
0: Yeah, I should have identified Clayne Crawford as the producer as well as the lead in this film. And I will be perfectly honest with you. I had not seen him before this.
1: Yeah, he he's a phenomenal actor. I mean, I saw him in this film called The Perfect Host that played at Sundance. And I had a film, a short film, Charlie and the Rabbit at Sundance. He often is like, when we met, was like, please don't judge my work. You know, some of the stuff he's not really happy with. But I could see the nuances in his performance that I think even the directors of some of these projects were overlooking and so I was very excited it was like an undis and not that he's undiscovered at all he he, you know he is known but but I was like no one's uh, tapped into his potential I think that I could work with him in a way that would really uh, showcase his range as opposed to um, kind of some of the archetyping that had occurred
0: and that range is on full display in this film the killing of two lovers and that first of all the title builds in this kind of expectation about the film. Yeah. You, you put us on edge pretty quickly. And then we see things, certainly we see things that are fairly early on in the film. You make some assumptions about where this film is going to go and, There are so many things I want to talk to you about in terms of the film and the the way you went about making it. But sound is an incredibly important part of this film. And I have found through the years that in a horror film or a thriller film, one of the key elements in the success of these films is, in fact, sound and the way a sound design, the way you play with it. And you do this masterfully in this film, if you want to give credit to any of your technical side of this. But I, I just thought you did a great job with that.
1: Yeah, when I started in on writing the script, I had uh, emailed Pete L. Bretchen, who we, we had worked together on a smaller film before and said, I'm writing a film very specific for sound, that, that it would be play an important role in the storytelling. And I agree with you. I mean, some of the things I wanted to explore. And, and again, having Klein as the investor uh, gave me the liberty to explore which is how can I try and use all the facets of cinema? I mean, f- cinema, you know, combines all the great arts, you know, set design, you know, costume, performance, music score, you know, uh, photography, all of it is like these these in their own right, like very powerful art forms. And so it was this matter of collecting them. So as it relates to the, to the title, it was like, how can the title be used to inform the audience into the movie? that were and not in just as you know not just in a direct way but actually to be used as part of the story like okay here's the title that means risk and and something awful is going to occur and so the audience is very aware and then to open the movie the way it opens it's like we're we're going to hit the ground running the whole time um and establishing like the expectations there and then he climbs out the window and he, and he you know runs to his father's home and that's where we're going to establish that, that his mental state of mind will be communicated through sound and and through not just traditionally what we understand because in our lives we don't hear violins and and cellos you know in our own life when chaos occurs it really is the the sounds of our own life yeah. and so peter and i worked really hard to like think about Uh, David being this handyman and what sounds would be reoccurring in his life. And Peter was like, look, there's 84 open and closing of the doors. So the door in his truck will be very significant. The engine of his truck will be significant. He's working with metals. He works with wood. He works with, you know, in homes. And so he began to like really pull all of these sounds and then really express chaos through, through those sounds. Um, And so that we as an audience are almost always aware. So uh, like one of the scenes, for example, that we shot, he's just sitting on the back of his truck, eating an apple and, you know, drinking kombucha. And just like there's this idea, the sun is going down and you're like, man, this guy's living the life. Look at this. He's outside. It's beautiful. It's calm. And it's like, okay but how about what he's thinking about which is this loss of his family you have the sound design which just intrudes that that serene kind of experience which happens right when we're dealing with any type of struggle sometimes we have uh, so much difficulty juggling anything other than the the task at hand and i I, peter and i really wanted to get at that, that that this struggle is never let up he's not eating dinner with his dad and being able, you know, anytime he's, he sets and has any time for his mind to relax, it immediately is trying to solve the problem.
0: And one of the other things that reinforces what you're talking about. And, and again, what I alluded to earlier about how honest this is about people in a struggling marriage to try to figure it out, try to whatever he expresses much of what you just described in his conversations with Nikki. He says, "I think about this all the time. It's all I think about, and so, and it's not an exaggeration. Based on watching him go through many of the activities that are the day-to-day way in which he makes a living, but as well as that, there's some very foreboding things that you think is only going to go one way, <laughs> and uh, and so there's those things together. And this this film in is is kind of a primer." For for independent filmmakers, starting out, it just say to say it this way. I hope it comes out the right way. And that is just the elements you use every practically every tool in in the box to essentially tell a story, which I doesn't look like there was a whole lot of money to be had to to make this film, but you use you use the scenery. Everything becomes some kind of a character in the film, whether it be the landscape, whether it be the sound, whether it be there's just so many things about this that are just really well done.
1: Oh thank you. Yeah. When you yeah. have limit when you have limited resources again, I keep saying, you know, as, as a director, your obligation, if you say yes to a project is to finish that project, you know, so Klain says, you know, oh, we've got $50,000 in 12 days. Can we make a movie? And I, if I say, yes, I have the obligation to do that. And it's not the obligation to make a mediocre movie. Uh, it's the obligation to make the best movie that's possible under those constraints. Yeah. um and so it really is maximizing again if if you don't have access to specific resources that's okay but but right to what you do have access to and i went down and i talked to the mayor of kanash and he was open to allowing us to shoot in kanash which then could be the landscape and the you know the 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 town and it becomes very significant i mean the worst thing to do for me that i think as a young filmmaker working in low budgets is to make films that ask the audience to forgive you for what you don't have access to, um, because then we need we're, we're attributing a lot of grace. My my hope is when I when I make these films is the opposite of that. Is that I'm maximizing the resources. I mean, sound was half our budget, and of course, Clay was like, "That's crazy! You don't spend half your budget on sound." And I was like, "You do when you have no money, because it's so important that the sound is good and." And, you know, post-production is one of those areas. It's hard to ask a sound designer like Peter Albretchen to, could you do this for very little? Because they have 10 other projects they can easily be working on that that pay, you know, to scale.
0: Well, I've, I'm looking at his list of credits or just the last one, which comes up on IMDb Pro, Dunkirk.
1: Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the the Foley guy who worked on on this film Heike, just won an Oscar for the sound of metal, you know. It's like the caliber uh, of people that I'm getting to work with. It's it's out of it's out of respecting their talents and hopefully presenting a project that's not common, so that they could like stretch their wings a little bit, you know, knowing that like. Foley is actually gonna play a role in the film as well. Foley is significant as sound design, is significant to score. And then all of a sudden it's elevated. You know, It's not just make sure somebody puts their jacket on and you can hear the, the rustling of cloth. It's like, what does that rustling of cloth tell us about the character?
0: I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Robert Machoy and he is the director and writer of this wonderful, incredibly um, well done um, independent film called The Killing of Two Lovers. It's being released through Neon and you can go to the Neon site to check it out for, um, well, for more information about where it is playing in theaters and you can see it now by going there. If you go to the Neon rated com and look for The Killing of Two Lovers. It will show you a whole slew of places. So the film is currently playing in brick and mortar theaters. And you can, again, you can go to Neonrated.com to find out um, more about that. And it's playing in the Los Angeles area. I I know a couple of theaters of The Landmark as well as the Lemley uh, NoHo 7. So you can check that out. And all of this, all of these wonderful efforts that uh, you've done through the technical side are in some ways dwarfed by the incredible performances of Clayne Crawford. And uh maybe that's not exactly the right way to put it, but they're really, really good. Uh Sopita moafi who plays Nikki, the wife, is is she is great. And both of yes. them, these are, I mean, she's wonderful in the way that she navigates this relationship and when we bring in the the boyfriend another incredible pro- i mean all of these things work so well together tell me a little bit about uh, the casting of sopina we uh Klain and i again i knew i knew
1: that klein was going to be involved um and i was excited again to push his range and just talent as i felt it was was not uh you know was a little untapped uh, even though he always gives great performances, Sapita uh, was was uh, Libby Goldstein uh, had cast Klain in Rectify. Klain reached out to her uh, immediately and said, "Look, I've got this script, and and you know, we and he sent pictures of the kids and was like, we need somebody that can kind of fit as being the the mother here." And they sent us Sapita, and what well, she didn't even audition for the film. We got a reel of her auditioning for something else. But the nuances of her performance just in that in that reel, I was like, Yeah, we gotta have her. Um, and then she flew out and immediately her and I started talking about Nikki, and she got her. She got the the importance of the nuances, she got the limited amount of time that we were gonna be able to have her and the and the need to maximize that that Nikki is a, a woman growing, not a woman looking to destroy her marriage, not a woman looking to upend. Uh, everything her family is known, she actually, in a very responsible way, you know, approached her husband and asked for time to grow. And so I wanted those nuances to come across because I, I really didn't want any villains. And it was the same when uh, Clayton had worked with Chris uh, on Lethal Weapon and they hit it off. And when we were discussing uh, bringing somebody out, he was like, I got a guy, he'll come out. And so Chris came out and immediately understood that Derek is madly in love with Nikki and can see a life with her. Not only a life with her, but a life where he is a participant in raising of these children. Um, And so his approach and his objective to his approach was always uh, in this idea to really like, what David is actually doing is threatening a life he's kind of excited to be involved in. And so obviously the result is this, (laughs) this chaos. Where three three people are, are trying to get, you know, what they want.
0: Right. And I would just add his reaction, and I'm not going to say, I, I hesitate to say much more, but his reaction to the increasingly intense situation is not completely uncalled for in the sense that he by now recognizes what David has been up to. This mm-hmm. is the first, maybe the first time he's really realized the extent to which David has been in his life. And not in. So I'm just going to leave it there. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. So I'm not. I'm not justifying anything about <laughs> what happens. But I think um, I understand a little bit more.
1: There, there are a slew of movies uh, out there in the world where, where the decisions that Derek makes are the champion decision, right? right. That we <laughs> applaud and go like, yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> And here we turn it on its head
0: and 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 give it real consequences, but Klain is able, in his performance as David, he's able to give you he's a good dad. Mm-hmm. he's he really does care. And you don't have four children with somebody and not understand them to some degree. works both ways. And so, and his emotions are understandable. why why he would be so adrift and all of these things. I, I just, all of this works really well together. My, really Robert, it's, it's just, it's yeah. Congratulations on this, Absolutely. the Thank killing you. of two lovers. Yeah. Um, and I'm so glad it's in brick and mortar. Thank God. Maybe some of us will actually venture out into the sunlight here a little bit and, so. and, and check out, check it out. And uh, is there a place where people can catch up with you on a website that is yours? Yeah.
1: The best place to catch me is Instagram. I try and that's the for me the most successful place for me to post. I had a website that hasn't been updated since like twenty fourteen because I'm not a computer guy. If you want to follow up on it, what's going on? Instagram is the great place. And it's just at Robert Machoyan. I'm there.
0: Okay. And I'll spell your last name. M-A-C-H-O-I-A-N this is the best play. Look for it on Instagram, Robert Machoyan. Well, I want to thank you and uh for the film, uh again, The Killing of Two Lovers, writer, director, Robert Machoyan. Thank you. And-